Welcome to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. Employers are telling us that this is the tightest labor market they've seen in the last 20 years. In fact, a recent study by Eagle Hill Consulting Study showed that 25% of workers plan to leave their current jobs for new opportunities post-COVID. At ARIA Benefits, we believe well-designed employee benefit plans enhance people's lives. Our team designs innovative, modern programs that attract and retain top quality employees so you get the most out of your biggest investment, your people. ARIA Benefits. Together, we'll hit all the high notes. Well, Al, I am so happy to be back here. And as a reminder, I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, what do you say? Well, it's been a great day so far, and I'm really looking forward to our our current guest because we've known Elizabeth for quite a long time, and so I'm excited to uh, have her on on the podcast as a guest today. Well, Al, I'm super excited about this is our wrap up of podcast Friday. And I've heard such good things. I've, I've only just met Elizabeth, but uh, I've heard so many good things from uh, both of my business partners. And I think this is one Al, I'm going to really be able to sink my teeth into. Uh, I saw what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Our audience is going to figure out very quickly once I get into the bio. So joining us today, Elizabeth Damoski, so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, Elizabeth, I'm just going to go into your bio because I think it'll give people a good sense of some of the things we're going to talk about today. But Elizabeth graduated from the University of Toronto with a BSc in biochemistry from the Faculty of Dentistry in 1995 and has owned her own dental practice for 23 years. She is supported by an amazing team of 22 individuals. And Elizabeth is a part-time clinical instructor at the Faculty of Dentistry. She is a wife and mom of three young adults that are forever expanding her knowledge. Elizabeth loves her chosen career just as much as she loves learning about life and self-improvement. And Elizabeth tells us that her life's purpose is to heal in any way she can. So Elizabeth, that's where I'm going to start. When we ask for a little bit of a bio so we can you know, fill in our audience, you spoke about your purpose is to heal any way you can. Can you talk about a little bit about why you chose to enter the dental profession and specifically how it relates to your purpose? Oh, interesting. So originally when I was growing up, I remember people asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And as a child, for some reason, my answer was, I want to be wise. And then of course, life happens and and you study and and choices uh, change. But right now, coming around at 53, it really is my life's purpose to be wise, interesting enough. And then I wanted to be a scientist. I wanted to find cure for cancer. And then I went through a stage where I wanted to be an astronaut, which was a big thing because I love science. I love math. But then I'm afraid of heights, so that wouldn't have gone well. During, during my, my biochemistry degree, I worked uh, as a research st- student uh, at Hospital for Sick Children, and I spent the summer doing research, and I found that as much as I wanted to find cure for cancer, I wasn't made out for it. It's different to want something 
theoretically, but really want it, it wasn't for me because I need to be with people. I need to contact with people. I need to talk. So we had a family friend who's a dentist and he just asked me one summer to just look at what he does. And I worked with him and I liked it. I applied to dental school late at University of Toronto, the only school I applied late. And as fate would have it, I got in. So every year I liked it more and more. And as time goes by, I realized it was actually life's kind of guided me exactly where I need to be. Because I get attached to my patients. I get attached to patients that I've had for 20 years. I know them even better than some of my family and friends. And I've seen kids when they were 5, 10 years old. And now they're coming with their own kids. So I've seen a whole cycle. And being a medical doctor is wonderful, which I wanted to be in medicine. But it's difficult to deal with death and incurable diseases. And even dentistry, I get worried when I can't save a tooth or do the best. So I'm in a perfect place where I can use my hands. I can work, I can build. And when I do my dentistry, there's something that happens. It's really, it's a blessing that everything stops. When I start drilling that tooth and I'm healing, it's just my Zen. It's my perfect place. I don't think maybe dentistry is not something I chose, but I think dentistry just chose me. It somehow I knew it was the perfect thing for me. So that's where that came along. Well, you're clearly passionate about what you do. And I, yes. I met you for the first time and I can already, I can already tell that, you know, you spoke about you're having second generation now coming yeah. to you. So kids of, of your patients, yeah. what do you attribute that to? Because again, and I hope I don't offend you by saying this, but it's not the first thing that I want to do is rush out to a dentist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so how do you go about creating those relationships and, and that extend into that second generation where people feel confident enough and, and, you know, like you enough that they'd say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep coming to see you for one. And I'm going to bring my kids when that time comes. It's <laughs> interesting. I guess it's the same thing. It's just the idea that I've always tried to work with in my life is that When I'm in contact with anybody, I want them to leave better than when they met me the first time. So the philosophy even at our office, my team, is I want my team, when they come to work, to find a happy, loving, wonderful place. I want them to enjoy it and to be good for them. And I want the patients to feel the same. So from the moment when they come into the, they leave, they choose. And I remember when I started at the beginning, there was a man who just walked in, didn't have an appointment, and we run on time. We always try to run on time. And he said, what time will you see me? So I told him, and he said, I just want you to know something, because I get, apparently he waited a lot, long time, and he's a family doctor. He said, my time is just as valuable as yours. So I think maybe, I don't know what the reason is. Maybe I've been blessed, but I just, I guess I value and I'm grateful for people taking their time to see me and I do my best to provide, to heal them. And it's not just doing the dumb to work. It's the whole person. It's a connection and it's blessing. And we talked about it earlier. And with children, I learned very early on that children can smell your energy. Like they sense things. You go in there rushed and they will not sit. So a lot of, I have amazing assistant. Oh my goodness. We ground ourselves. We meditate, especially when things are nervous. We're just going there with a positive light and love and everything just melts. So the appointment is a reflection of how we are and how things end. So it's been a growth in process. I don't know. I just, I love it. And I just try to do every single step correctly. And the rest of it is just takes care of itself. It's funny you talk about meditation because this is the second episode that we're recording today where very successful people, much like yourself, are talking about the importance of taking that time to center, to turn all the notifications off. And whether it's meditation, and Elle and I were talking about it earlier, whether it's going for a walk in nature or just just taking that time to shut down for a couple of minutes, it's so important. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a very important theme for other business owners, for other entrepreneurs to realize that it's okay 
to take that time and you actually need that time to be a better leader. Oh, for sure. Meditation is daily. Oh my goodness. It, it, it should be part of everybody's life with anything to center, to quiet your mind and the visualization as well. So a lot of times we do the meditation, but then we actually visualize the way we want our day to go. If you say, oh, it's going to be stressful, the hectic day, just we talked about earlier, or you're going to say it's going to be a wonderful day, a learning day. Or, and sometimes things come up, and that's what happened this morning. There was a procedure that I wasn't supposed to do, but the tooth was cracked me to take out, and the patient really wanted it, and it took a lot longer than it was supposed to, and things were not working out. And I just stayed calm, and I breathed through it. And there's always a purpose why things work out. And this person was one of these people who's very private, very close, been my patient for a couple of years. And not until we had to go through the difficult thing did he look through my eyes and smile and open up and glow when everything was done. But I've, I've worked so hard to connect with him, but he, some people are, you know, just, just have their own things. And it was interesting how no matter what happens, there's always a purpose in, in a lesson. Meditation, I can't do my life without it. With my busy life, with my kids being a wife, being a business owner, a leader. No, it, it's integral for anybody, especially people who are busy, especially people who have a lot of responsibility. It's a must. It's not even a choice. It's a must. And uh, yeah, awareness of thoughts, that the whole word of mindfulness is overused, but it, it is big being in the moment and being mindful of what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're feeling. We'll talk about that later and some of the work that I've done with some people, because it is very, very important. Perfect. And I know we do want to get into it a little bit later on some of the, the things that you've talked about yeah. with, your, with your clients. So I know that's going to come up. It's interesting that you had, you talked about how much you care for your clients because Robin has just gotten to meet you today during this. And before we were, we were talking and I said, I, I think the one thing that you're going to find out about Elizabeth is how much she cares for her clients. That was one of the things I, I relayed to him. And I know previously when, when we had talked, you had talked about you're in front of clients uh, on a day-to-day basis. And yeah. still during the pandemic, one of the few professions that still are. And I know you had described to me um, the mental tsunami that you see happening in front of you. So can you talk about yeah. what you mean by that? Okay. So this is where it all started. My purpose, my why. I've been studying my growth, my learning for a long time. And my whole purpose to be wise to, to the self-improvement, all my coaching classes and everything that I do for myself, I've learned a lot. But one of the things that I've noticed and is something that was really close to my heart is that even before COVID, in Peel, where I am, every year, 35 to 40 teenagers take their own life. So that's just every year where I am. Now, a friend of mine is a coroner and he comes here often. He often will say, Elizabeth, do you want to see photos of this? Do you want to see photos? And I don't want to see it, but he sees a lot of suicides and things that, oh my goodness, he's incredible for what he does. But it brought awareness to there's a need out there that the parents can do it. The therapist can do it. There's a waiting list to get psychologists, psychiatrists. It has to be the whole society that we have to heal people. It's our, our responsibility to heal. Kids should not take their own lives. So I've done a lot of work and I've talked to, I have a therapist I work with that if ever I see a patient, because I know my patients for a long time, if they tell me, oh, I'm sleeping at all, you can see the energy level changes. And often they will say, Dr. Moss, I want to speak with you. And they'll come in my office or in the operatory, the assistant will leave and they'll break down because they're going through their depression, their sadness, their things. And so I felt helpless, almost like I need to do more because sometimes it takes 10 things to heal somebody. I might be the third or fourth, so if I'm lucky enough, the 10th, I can heal. And often, if I can postpone somebody taking their own lives or even the thoughts of the suicide, just get them to change somewhere else, it's a big thing. I've worked with that. 
and trying to get myself better at helping and making a difference. So I have a trainer that I actually, I would pay for them to go to get physical fitness because that helps. I have a therapist that I work with an adult therapist and children and I actually have a child psychotherapist that I work with that I can refer people to, to help them to, to help people heal. Now, that being said, that was before COVID. Right now, the rate of depression and sadness and suicide rates is skyrocketed. So my coroner friend was here just yesterday. He said there's a nine-year-old who took her own life. So, and these things are not talked about and it's not, it shouldn't be happening. And I always think that we all have to, there has to be more done. And I know we're trying, but there's still lack. And I think any health professional should be able to help, should be educated at least to make a difference somehow. With COVID now, the drug overdoses, double. Domestic violence, my police officer friends, they're called, skyrocketing again. Driving under the influence, same thing. There's so much fear out there. There's so much uncertainty. Like our life that we, as we knew it, is gone. And unless you're resilient, unless you have coping mechanism or tips to do with this, and or if you're already dealing with hard things, this is tough out there. So that's what I've been working on. What I did in one of the things that I've done in January, because I was hoping by March, everything's going to be okay. So in February, I did a group that I coached on Facebook. I did 37 people. I coached 28 days to a better me just to get them through the February because February is normally a difficult month. It's great. And it's depressing. And now you have this whole fear of COVID and uncertainty. So I wanted to get something to going to get to March and, and we did really well. So the things that we talked about, this is what I want to talk about is, I don't know if you ever do this. Do you ever take a cold shower? I've taken a cold bath before. Okay. So, so if, if you heard the benefits of cold showers, so these are the challenges. So they have to do these challenges for the month. Every day they have to take a cold shower. Every day they have to exercise minimum of 20 minutes. They have to meditate, visualize, or pray because you have to understand this is way beyond us. You have to get higher power to help us in this thing. Every day you have to journal. And that's another thing that's very, very important to put your fears down, your worries down, your stress down and healthy diet. And what I add is something else is another idea that we can talk about is the self-love, the feeling of being enough. And this is big right now when you tell parents, and this is, this is one thing that I have an issue with, you tell people you're not essential. Any person who works and he has to pay and pay the bills and pay the electricity bill and bring food on the table, to me, is essential. The right. whole term of it is, is another issue. So there's the psychological effect that the therapists are saying that is still going to be coming. The mental issues and emotional issues we have to deal with after COVID is like a tsunami. It's still just coming. It's building up right now. The sooner we start realizing and putting in place things to deal with this, the better. So I love what you talked about in terms of the approach that you had. And I know we talked a little bit offline. This is something you did with your clients on Facebook, right? Yes. So what was the outcome? Like, how did people respond to that? <laughs> okay. So interesting enough. And one of the people there is a, a medical doctor and she has three little kids. She's actually, she was my patient, but she's moved to Florida. She called me and wrote this whole big message thanking me for doing this because every week I would talk and talk about an uplifting idea, um, self-improvement idea. And, and <laughs> so one of the things I want to talk about, this is an aside, is to build your immunity against COVID. Enough sleep. It's hard to get when you're anxious and stressed. You have to get enough sleep. Yeah. Exercise builds immunity and the gyms are closed. So how do you do that? So what I have done for my team, I have hired on Monday nights, I hired a, a fitness trainer online. We do planks, cardio, 
squats for 45 to an hour minutes on Monday nights. And Wednesday nights, I hired a yoga instructor on Zoom to do that, the stretching. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things online you can do right now to get the cardio part of it, to get your exercise going, because that's important for immunity. One thing that I have learned, the lack of vitamin D in most Canadians, I don't know if you know about this, especially in Ontario, to get a vitamin D test, it's not part of your full blood work. You have to pay extra. So most of us don't know we're low in vitamin D. I always encourage everybody to go and get the vitamin test done and start supplementing because there were some studies found that people who were low in vitamin D, their COVID symptoms were a lot more severe than people who were not. And vitamin is, is important as overall health everywhere. So I, I encourage that everybody of our listeners to get their blood test done with their doctors, pay like $35, whatever it is right now, and, and get your levels and then start supplementing. Because that increases energy level fatigue. So anyway, so this family doctor, she says, I'm a medical doctor and I didn't know my vitamin D levels. So she did her blood test. She said, I was so low. I understand why I was fatigued. I was anxious. And even simple things that we know, we all know we have to drink water. But unless you have somebody like a life coach or friend to remind you, you don't. She says, I was so dehydrated. She was, I don't know how I was going to the bathroom. And she's a medical doctor. She was, I teach my patients to do this, but I need a reminder. So We all need somebody. We need an accountability buddy. We need somebody, mental health buddy. We need a group of five that can take care of us because we can't do this alone. I have my people. If I have spiritual need, I have my gurus. My assistant in is beautiful. My meditation, my she's incredible. I have my fitness people that I call whenever I need people. So I have, I have them on my phone. If right away I need somebody, I need somebody. They're there. So I think people have to because we've missed that social part of it. And I'm such a I love to hug people. I love to connect. And we, we can't do that right now, but we need to have whichever we can FaceTime like this or um, telephone calls, writing, anything. It, it's important to be connected and to have to ask for help. And that's another thing I do a lot of uh, right now on my um, Instagram. I do a lot of hopefully motivational things and I get messages that it affects, helps people. It's okay not to be okay, especially at this time. It's okay to be sad and depressed and questioning, but it's not okay not to ask for help. You right. have to ask for help yeah. before it gets to the point where bad things happen. Yeah. Elizabeth, I want to, I want to go back and, and talk a little, because it's a theme in, in our conversation today. And, and it's certainly a theme in my world, in the employee benefits world. And I hear the stories too. And, and unfortunately, suicide has affected our family. Sorry. And, I, and, I, and I won't, I won't betray anybody's trust, my heart. Who, but yeah, it, it, it happened. And it's horrible to experience that. And you're absolutely right. And this was a number of years ago. And one thing that I am, I'm happy about that's what's happened with COVID-19, a lot of the carriers have really fast forwarded their plans to remove some of those barriers and create platforms where it's much easier for employees of these groups to access that health to, you know, to mental health support. And we had on Dave Jones, who's the senior vice president of Sun Life a couple of weeks ago. His episode is out now if people want to go out and listen to it. And he talked about Sun Life developed the mental health toolkit for employers. And rather than just having that for Sun Life clients, they opened it up and said, anybody can use this. Good. You know, it's really important. And then I was chatting with the CEO of a company called Dialogue, which started their life as a virtual healthcare company. And now they've really doubled down on the mental health side. So again, employees are able to, you know, even if they can't get out of the house, through their tablet, through their computer, you know, their iPhone, whatever it happens to be, those barriers are disappearing and they can, they can access this care. Because I was reading an RBC study the other day and claims over one year, claims for psychotherapist claims 
were up 49%. Sure. So you're absolutely right. People now are struggling. And I think you're right. We're dealing with this now, but there's going to be longer term effects of this. So I think it's incredibly important that people like yourselves are making yourself aware of the symptoms yeah. and, and being there for someone and saying, our business partner, Joe, he, he was due in one of our meetings and it was a partner meeting. And this was a couple of weeks ago. And I know you know Joe well, so this won't surprise yeah. you. But Joe didn't show up to that meeting because he, as soon as he got on the phone, he realized this person needed to talk to someone and, and he could tell, he's known this person quite a while. I can't get this person off the phone. I need to spend this hour. Yeah. And the person, and he, and he got off the phone call said, I'm sorry, guys, I missed that meeting, but I'm so glad I spent that time with that person because I know they needed it. So I'm very glad to hear that people like yourself are willing to say, hey, listen, you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for you. So I, yeah. I love hearing that. I hear from Alan Joe all the time because I, I feel like I know you because I have heard a, a lot about you, but you've talked about it, like this Facebook group that you do, but you've, you've taken some other steps to help your patients too. And, and from what I hear, it's helped them deal with the stress of the pandemic. So maybe just talk to us about a few other things that you do. For my patients, Finn? Um, yeah. Well, most of my patients, you know what it is, it's most of it is day-to-day treatments and it's providing the services as most of it is online and the accessibility to talk to me. A lot of times, as I said, my doors are always open. I will tell you twice or three times a week, I'm just across Professor's Lake in Brampton here. I will go for a walk with the patient because they're going through something difficult. They just want to talk. That lake has healed so many problems without realizing. By the time we're done that one hour, they're all better and it's okay and it's done. So you know what? I'm not sure if there's anything specific. It's more being there, providing services, where referring where I can't help, listening. And often, you know what it is? Sometimes people just need to be heard. And it's amazing getting a feeling done. I feel great before and after. Often I can do some jobs and people will cry some of the aesthetics, whatever happens, or they take them out of pain. But there's nothing when somebody sends me those messages and says how much I've made a difference in their personal life or the few that I have saved that they say, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today. That's my why. Yeah, Maybe it's a selfish great. thing because it makes me feel so good, but yeah. yeah. It should make you feel good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you seen any positives come out of this pandemic that you can talk about? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is part of the journaling that I get my group to do whenever I coach people is, you know, this being grateful, the things that we focus on. And I know we talked a little bit of sadness and and you and I talked about it, that I didn't want to do a podcast, but it's just sad and brings people down. We have to give people hope. (laughs) So one of the things I want to talk about is being grateful. The things we focus on, we get more of. So daily gratitude things, things we're grateful for. Oh my goodness. All the time. So simple. You have a job, you get paid, man. I love my job. But when I was closed for two months and we couldn't do dentistry three months, I love it even more. Like, I appreciate the fact that I can be here, do what I do. My kids, you know that my middle girl studies in the States. She's at yeah. home for a year. My oldest one is at Ryerson. She's at home. So all my three kids are at home. My son who plays hockey is not playing hockey. So I'm going to tell you at the beginning, because my three kids are so different. Artist, focus student, hockey player, a son who just everything goes well, whatever, nothing matters. They had such a clashing time. They were arguing that each one, I would get a phone call here with my patients. I'm not coming home anymore. I'm going to go stay somewhere else. I can't handle them. They were forced to accept each other as they are. And I said to them, you guys will go to different careers. You will work with all kinds of people. This is it. You need to learn to be with each other because they were never forced to be with each other day in, day out, months and months. They saw each other once in a while. 
So it's wonderful to see how the relationship has grown and the love for each other and the care for each other and how they've bonded. And our family meals every day, there's a meal at home and I'm I'm forever doing dishes. So the family time is incredible. The value for for my job and people, the value for hugging, like you just took that for granted. Like the thing that we just, just touch, human touch is healing. So the pandemic makes you realize the things that sometimes we take for granted that are important. So much more, like when I was closed, I was able to do coaching classes for myself. I became certified to be a fitness instructor. I'm actually doing a personal coaching thing starting soon. Life coaching stuff, all my life coaching courses, dental courses. I, I was able to learn things that I normally could not do. And a lot of people, a lot of my friends, they go back to their painting. The hobbies they wanted to do when they were children, now they're picking them up. They're becoming painters. They're learning instruments. They're doing things they weren't able to do in the past. So things, in a way, slowed down and things got reassessed, reevaluated. So there is a lot of wonderful things. Certain relationships got strengthened that maybe we didn't put time into it. And now we were forced to be there, do it. Definitely my house is painted. It's better. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of positives on the pandemic side of it, but it's time for it to end. I'm just telling you right now, enough is enough. (laughs) We heard you, we got you. Everyone can agree with you there. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I love the way that your passion shows through. And and again, that was one of the things that I had mentioned to Robin before. So anyone that's listening to this podcast is going to be able to to hear the energy and the passion. And I know before we even started recording, you said you were worried about that. I don't think you have to worry about that. It's coming through loud and clear. And and it's something that I relayed that to Robin, even before we were talking, that that was something that he was going to see from you. And it's definitely seen it today. Yeah. And I love that we're ending on all the positives because you're right. I mean, by nature, I'm a person that that looks for those silver linings. And certainly you've, you've outlined a, a number of them today. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story because I think it's incredible. I'm so happy. I'm very grateful. You mm-hmm. talk about gratitude. I'm very grateful that we're finally meeting and I hope to have uh, further conversations. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself, your story, or what you're doing at your practice? I just want to add one more thing, if it's okay. Sure, go for it. One thing that's very important to me before we go. First of all, I want to thank you for having me on this podcast. And I didn't know how it would go, but I always just left it for the to the universe. And yeah, I really enjoy myself. Thank you so much for letting me share my thoughts. Something that I've learned that I see lacking, it's not a cliche, but love, self-love. A lot of times in a society where we just want more money, we want a better job, we compare each other's cars, houses, whatever, possessions, accolades. I'll go back to, I did this in my office and I did somewhere else. I wrote on the mirrors in my office, I am enough. So self-love to where you are and to come in a conversation from a place of love and healing. There's a lot of judgment out there. There's a lot of frustrations. I have friends who are total anti-maskers. They think that the mask are damaging. They have their views. I have patients who are they're so worried of, of COVID, they will not go anywhere without a mask. I have people who, I got my both of my vaccines, people who are anti-vaccines, but we have to respect each other's opinion. We have to come from a place of love in everything that we do. And I think that way we'll be able to come out of this stronger and not divided. Well said. Yes. And yeah, so my name is Dr. Elizabeth Dimoski. I You can find me on Instagram or Facebook, Google me. My number is 905 905- Four five eight six six two zero. This is our office number. You can DM me on the Instagram pages, on Facebook, anywhere. Um, the email is on the website. 
And thank you for having me here. It was our pleasure. Yes, absolutely. All right, folks, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.